0: We worship the healer. All right, catch my breath here. Good morning, everybody. Good morning to you who are joining us online. Hey, I want to give a special thanks. Last week, I did something kind of weird, and I called people out to pray for us. And I asked people to pray every hour from through the week, because the elders and I were going on a retreat, not really a retreat, a summit um, to plan ahead and look ahead for, for Lakeway. I mean, we're kind of coming to that place now, first time in two years where that gloom of COVID is moving and we can start looking at moving ahead. I just want to thank each and every one of you for praying. I'll tell you something, I could feel your prayers. It made a massive difference through the week. So I want to thank you for that. Let's pray and we're going to dive right into our scripture this morning. Heavenly Father, you are the King of kings. You are the Lord of lords. You are over all things, and all things are held together in your mighty hands. You are the way maker, and you do make a way in our darkness. You make a way in our hurt. You make a way in our pain, and you have loved us with an everlasting love. Father, we thank you for your holy presence here this morning. I thank you for the worship that we've already Lift it up to your name. And now I pray that you would just speak to us in your word. Empty me of me. Fill me with your word so that what comes out of my mouth is not from me, but is from you, that we would be transformed today. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, I'm going to dive right into scripture this morning. John chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. Passage of scripture that many of you will be quite familiar with. It's It's a fun one says, the next day, there was a wedding celebration in the village of Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the celebration. The wine supply ran out during the festivities, so Jesus' mother told him they to have no more wine. Dear woman, that's not our problem, Jesus replied. My time has not yet come. But his mother told the servants, do whatever he tells you. Standing nearby were six stone water jars used for Jewish ceremonial washing. Each could hold 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus told the servants, fill the jars with water. When the jars had been filled, he said, now dip some out and take it to the master of ceremonies. So the servants followed his instructions. When the master of ceremonies tasted the water that was now wine, not knowing where it had come from, though, of course, the servants knew, He called the bridegroom over. A host always serves the best wine first, he said. Then when everybody's had a lot to drink, he brings out the less expensive wine. But you have kept the best until now. This miraculous sign at Cana in Galilee was the first time Jesus revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. You know, when it comes to relationships and emotional moments, it's hard to top a wedding. I mean, people like weddings, don't they? Like going to weddings, they're intensely relational. Two people standing face to face, making promises to each other and pledging their life and their love to one another forever. Exchanging expensive jewelry And surrounded by friends and family, people that love them, you know, people that are meaningful in their lives, typically their closest friends. And there are people out in the audience dabbing their eyes, like, oh, she looks so beautiful. And there's ladies looking at him thinking, he could have been mine. (laughs) (laughs) And then the reception, the party, the toast, the cake, the bouquet toss, the speeches the first dance the daddy dance the mommy dance everything you're all smiling just talking about it and then off to the honeymoon i got some wedding pictures for you oh i got nothing on my back screen here so i have some wedding pictures for you <laughs> wedding pictures for you there's some wedding pi- <laughs> wedding pictures Ah, (laughs) All right. Who do you think that is? That's Mo and Vicky. Mo, who was up here singing a moment ago. Next one, please. Who is that? That's Hector. You look like you're 12 there, Hector. (laughs) (laughs) Did you rob the cradle, Kelly? (laughs) Next one. Look at that. Randy and Gwen. He looks like something out of a 70s disco, doesn't he? I mean, (laughs) next one. Okay, that that one's pretty easy, Tim and Denise. Nothing, no changes there. (laughs) Next one. The cowboy. I mean, that's a pretty cute picture, isn't it? (laughs) Kevin and Nancy. And then the last one. Oh no, second to last one. We've got the two beautiful couples there. What, what are their names? The, the Ed, Ed, um, Edmontons? Yeah, Edmontons? <laughs> David and Christy. I don't think I had a picture out of that, David. <laughs> and then the last one. Way back in 1980. Didn't know they had colored photos back then? Yeah, thank you. <laughs> The car was awesome. It was a Bentley. <laughs> yeah, it was a pretty cool car. That was people we were, Sandra's parents were connected to some good people, so that was good. But weddings, I mean, they're just an intensely relational moment, aren't they, for, for everybody involved. And it's not surprising to me then that Jesus, who was an intently, intensely relational person, should choose a wedding to perform his very first public miraculous sign. And and in essence, what he was announcing to everybody who was there and anybody who would listen is, I am the Messiah. I am the chosen one of God at a wedding. I mean, just think about that. God steps out of eternity, steps out of heaven to come down to earth, and of all things, he chooses a wedding as the place to announce his arrival and his first miracle, we're gonna get this party going. <laughs> <laughs> you can't make this stuff up. I mean, I mean that, that, that's super related. I mean, who's not going to invite that guy to the next wedding? <laughs> uh, his his invitation list just skyrockets every weekend. What are you doing this weekend? Jesus, when you come on over, tell him we're out of brisket, you know. (laughs) And people are going to talk about it, aren't they? I mean, they'd never, no one has experienced anything like this before. And not just water into wine. The best wine they've ever had. It's like, where did you get this wine? I don't know. Some guy over there bought it. Where where did he get it? I don't know. I mean, wow. And I I love this story because there's so much subtext in it. It's it's very rich. So let's kind of dive into it. So the next day, there was a wedding celebration in the village of Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the celebration. Now, Jesus hits the ground running with these guys. They only met him either the day before or two days before. They've just got connected with Jesus, and already he's got them into a wedding. It's like, stick with me, guys. You'll go places. So they're in the wedding, and it's a celebration. I mean, that's what a wedding is, isn't it? It's a celebration of love everybody's feeling good it's exciting and then they run out of wine verse 3 the wine supply ran out during the festivities yeah that's that's not a good thing I, I i don't know what was going on there whether maybe more people showed up than they were expecting or maybe the people were getting into it you know just a little bit more than they ought to they're on the 18th toast okay to the to the bride's mothers Cat, love love that cat. (laughs) And they're just going for it, but they run out of wine. So the wine supply ran out during the festivities. So Jesus' mother told him, they have no more wine. (laughs) And I love this. Dear woman, (laughs) if I said that to my mother. (laughs) Listen, woman, what? (laughs) Dear woman, that's not our problem. Jesus replied, my time has not yet come. Now, I love this because Mary doesn't ask him to do anything. She doesn't say fix the problem. She just presents the problem to him. Looks like they're out of wine, Jesus. She makes a statement. That's all she does. I swear my wife does this to me. Is she in here? (laughs) No, she's not in here. So, oh, there she is. (laughs) Anyway, chapter (laughs) 2. I swear she does this to me. She'll say something like, um, "Oh, we, we, we've got a, a, an order to pick up at Walmart, grocery order. And uh, man, I'm just so busy. And she won't ask me to get it because she knows if she asks me to go get it, I'll whine. I'm busy too. <laughs> so she just puts it out there just like Mary does. So she says, I've got to, I, I need, we've got to pick up the groceries. I'm just so busy. And she knows if she does that, I'll say, oh, I'll go get it. But if she asked me, and and that's what Mary is doing to him here. I I mean, she knows. She knows her boy. Mary knows her boy. You know, she's just, man, this is a great party, isn't it, Jesus? (laughs) It's not going anywhere now, though. It was a good party. Oh, well. And and Jesus, it's not our problem, woman. (laughs) It's not our problem. But his mother told the servants, do whatever he tells you. So this tells me three things about Mary's relationship with Jesus. Number one, she knows that he can. She knows he can. Number two, she knows he will. And number three, she knows he is ready. Even though he said, my time has not yet come. Now, how does she know that he can? We don't know. Scripture doesn't tell us. But we can kind of deduce from this scripture that Jesus has done something before. That his mother knows he can fix this problem. We, we don't know. You know, and I often think about this. What would it have been like to grow up with Jesus? You know? It must have been awesome, weird, scary... And unfair all at the same time. You know, Mary's taking the kids for swimming lessons. Little James is nervous. He doesn't want to get in the water. He's the youngest one. Jesus is walking on the water. <laughs> she looks over at him like, What? <laughs> Not fair, you know. She knew that he could do it. But more than that, she knows that he will same thing you know i can imagine i'm sitting around the table dinner table maybe jesus is 10 or 11. joseph's had a rough time at work money's not really coming in they're all sitting there they've got enough bread everybody gets a bread roll except little rachel there's seven of them and only six bread rolls and mary looks at jesus seven bread rolls (laughs) She knew. She knew he could, and she knew that he would because she knows that her boy's heart is a heart to help people. You don't ever read a scripture where somebody comes to Jesus for help and he says, sorry, I'm too busy. Or no, not today, maybe tomorrow. Anytime anybody comes to Jesus in scripture for help, Jesus helps them. She knows he can't help himself. Here's an issue here. Here's a problem here. I know that he can. I know that he will. And Mary also knows, please forgive me for this, Jesus, that sometimes boys need a little push. The moms are all nodding their heads. (laughs) Sometimes boys need a little push. I don't know what it is. Girls seem to They just get on with life, and boys want to play video games forever. And and sometimes they need a little push. Mary knew that Jesus was ready. He's saying, it's not my time yet. She's looking at him. (laughs) You've got disciples. (laughs) You have people following you here, Jesus. I think it is your time. Someone let the cat out of the bag. She knows it's his time. So she didn't say anything. She just presents the problem to him. She knows that he can. She knows that he will. And she knows, if I just present the right situation... It's time. It's time. So she allowed the situation to make itself favorable for Jesus to respond. And look how Jesus responds. Standing nearby were six stone water jars used for Jewish ceremonial washing. Each could hold 20 to 30 gallons. Now I put these out here. I, I bet you that would hold. What do you think? Three gallons? Do you think five? Yeah, all right. (laughs) I'm I'm thinking four. I'm I'm, going to go with four. But these things could hold 20 to 30 gallons. So they're pretty big jars. Fill the jars with water. When the jars had been filled, he said, now take some out and take it to the master of ceremonies. So the servants followed his instructions. When the master of ceremonies tasted the water that was now wine... Not knowing where it had come from, though, of course, the servants knew, he called the bridegroom over. A host always serves the best wine first, he said. Then when everybody's had lots to drink, he brings out the less expensive wine. But you have kept the best until last, until now. All right, now think about this. 20 to 30 gallon jars. Now, he told him to fill them up. So I'm assuming we got 30 gallons going on here. Six of them. 180 gallons of wine. I don't know what kind of party this was. (laughs) That is a lot of wine. I did some math. That's equivalent to 900 bottles of wine or 4,500 glasses of wine. They've already finished the previous wine. It's not like this is the beginning of the celebration. They drank everything. And now they've got 900 gallons, or 900, 180 gallons of wine, It equivalent to 900 bottles. I mean, everybody's already, I would imagine, in pretty good spirits, as they say. Now, there's enough wine for 10 weddings. But not just any wine. That This wine is so good that the master of ceremonies interrupts the proceedings to go to the bridegroom and say... Where'd you get this? Like, this, why didn't you bring this out first? This is, where'd you get this wine from? I don't know. (laughs) Servants got it. Obviously, I, I assume they found out a little bit later on. But Jesus had blessed them abundantly. I love that song, Waymaker. He made a way for this party to go well. I mean, this is over overflowing, literally, over-the-top blessing. I mean, talk about relational, how to make friends and influence people. It's like, yeah. But I I want us to focus on something that, that we don't typically focus on in this story, the servants. You think about it from the servant's perspective. These guys now have to go and find 180 gallons of water. They don't have a faucet. There's no faucet. There's nobody attaching a hose to the faucet, dropping it in there, turn it on. And again, I did a little bit of math. Typical faucet produces around two and a half to three gallons per minute. They need 900 gallons. That's six hours. The party's over. Everybody's gone home. But these poor guys have to go to the well. And lower something down and start, there's probably like 15 or 20 of them in. got the big yoke things on their shoulders and they're bringing water back and they're filling up these things. And, and all the time, you know, they're thinking, why are we doing this? What, what are we doing this for? They have no idea what's going on, right? All this work just got added to them and Mary gave them strict instructions. Do whatever he tells you. Doesn't have to make sense. And they're already busy. It's a wedding. And not only is it a wedding, they're now dealing with disgruntled people because the wine ran out. You know, my son really helped me understand some of this stuff. He used to work in the service industry, restaurants. And I'm not a good customer. <laughs> I'm not. My kids don't like to go to restaurants with me because I whine. wine. <laughs> not that kind of wine, but... If, if it's not going the way that it's supposed to go, it gets on my nerves. And I get grumpy. And I remember my son James coming to me one time. He said, you know, here's the thing, Dad. Sometimes one or two of the wait staff don't show up. So now everything is slowed down. And we have to do twice the work now for angry customers. So we actually do more work and we get less tips. And we showed up to do the work. It changed my thinking. I thought, man, you know, next time I go to a restaurant and they're running around and the food's late, I need to give a bigger tip. And these poor people are doing their best to serve you. So this, these guys, all these people are disgruntled. now they 've got to go find a hundred eighty gallons of water. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Mary. And it makes no sense, but they did it. Now, I believe they were blessed in multiple ways. First off, the whole atmosphere of the celebration would change, right? we got 180 gallons of the best stuff here. woo Party time! Everybody's happy. It's easy to serve happy people. It's nice to be around happy people. It's a blessing to deal with happy people. Secondly... They got to join Jesus in his work. Now, you probably never thought about this. These were the very first people to be involved in Jesus' ministry at that level. The very first miracle. If they didn't get the water, it ain't happening. I mean, we don't know who these people are. They do. They're up in heaven. yeah, I got the water. It was me. And some other guys, but. I mean, that's kind of cool. And, and probably most of the guests thought, where'd the good wine come from? The servants. The servants got it from somebody. It's not bad. And third, third blessing. I imagine once the party's over, the master of ceremonies comes to them. Hey, guys, one of those is for you. You go, bar. Come on, have yourselves a little party. So the servants go off and, this wine is awesome. Verse 11, this miraculous sign at Cana in Galilee was the first time Jesus revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. So let's just talk about that for a minute. Every single thing that Jesus does has a greater purpose. Has a greater purpose than you may realize that it has. No matter how seemingly insignificant it may be, It has a greater purpose. Everything that Jesus asks you to do has a purpose. No matter how small and insignificant, and no matter how big and inconvenient it might be, it has a purpose. You might not see the purpose. You may never get to see the big picture. You might be thinking to yourself, why am I doing this? Why am I running out when I'm busy to get 180 gallons of water? Why are we doing this, Jesus? But it wasn't simply about the wedding. Jesus wasn't there to make the party better. That was a side benefit. He really couldn't care less about that stuff. This was about his disciples. They're about to begin this process of of joining Jesus in his work to save mankind. He wasn't trying to blow the party goers away. He was trying to blow his disciples away. They just met him yesterday or the day before. He invites them to a wedding. Maybe they don't even know the people at the wedding. Maybe they do. And Jesus does this incredible miracle. And all of a sudden, you know, John the Baptist, if you read the previous chapter had said to them, here, here's the lamb of God. He's the one. So, and, and two of them go off and find a couple more. We, we found the one, we found the one, but it's in the head. Oh, this is Jesus. Now they see him do this incredible miracle. This is Jesus. This, this is, now it's in the heart. It wasn't about a wild party in Canaan. This is about you and me. And all those who Jesus came to die for. And all the people who would tell the story of Jesus and keep on telling the story of Jesus and keep on telling the story of Jesus down through the generations so that 2,000 years later, we're all in a room together telling the story of Jesus, just like we were there. Do you remember the time Jesus turned the water into wine? Man, that was awesome. And this is where it starts. So what do we learn from this? What, what's in this for us? Well, number one, I like Mary and, and what she did for Jesus. Number one, first, if you can, then do. If you can, then do. And if you, if you do, do it generously. Jesus blessed them to overflowing. I don't know why 180 gallons. He could have just said, fill up one of these. We'll get some wine going, get the party finished. Six of them. If you can, then do. And if you do, then be generous. If it's within your means to bless someone, then bless them and bless them generously. Second, trust him and obey obey him fully even if it makes no sense it doesn't have to make sense what did mary say to them do exactly what he says don't question it just go do it sometimes jesus will call you to do things and and it it makes no sense i I remember when he called us to come down to dallas i'm not going to go into that long story But we were happy in Canada. We loved Canada. Our kids were settled in school. I can't remember how old they were. They were young. My wife's not here, so I can... I know they have names. (laughs) I think they're on a wall at home somewhere. But, you know, it's so difficult because I know I was absolutely 100% convinced that God was telling us to come to Dallas. But I didn't know why. So you talk to your kids and you tell them you're going to leave all of your friends. We're not moving down the road. we're going to a different country, and we're going all the way down there. What's in their minds? Why? I don't know God, God said so. <laughs> I don't know why now. We didn't know why then. Trust him. Do what he says exactly, and you will be overwhelmed by the blessing. You've no idea what your contribution, your little contribution, this little thing that maybe he calls you to do, where that fits in the big picture of things. I mean, it was a massive amount of work for those servants to fill those jars. They had no idea what the outcome would be, but they were simply obedient. And in the process, they were blessed by being part of Jesus' work. Third, join him. I love this imagery of a wedding, and it comes up all the time in the scriptures. Jesus often shared parables that were based around a wedding and a wedding feast. Now, if you look at those parables, nine times out of ten, they're not about the guests, they're about the servants. They're about the people who are serving at the wedding. And then in, in the scripture, The church is described as the bride of Christ. He's the groom. We are the bride. It's a partnership. It's together. He doesn't do his work for us. He does his work through us. We get to be part of it. So so there's this journey of faith, I believe. It starts in the head, some kind of belief. It gets to the heart, all of a sudden there's a passion, but if you follow the heart, it gets to the hands. When somebody prays and calls for Jesus to help them, he doesn't show up at the door. You and I do. We're the ones that show up at the door. We've come in Jesus' name. We're here to help in Jesus' name. We're here for you because you called for Jesus. We're his representatives. We're... His servants. But there's another little twist to this whole thing that just intrigued me this week. Why did Jesus have them fill the water jars? Could he not have performed this miracle without the water? Could he simply have said, those 60 gallon jars, 30 gallon jars that they're filled with wine? He didn't need them to go get water. When Jesus fed the 5,000, what did he say to the disciples? What have you got? I got some fish and some loaves. Would he not have done the miracle if they didn't have any fish and loaves? He could do it whatever he wants, right? He didn't need the water. But he told the servants to go get the water because there was something in this for them. I'm not doing it for you. I'm doing it through you you get to be a part of this and when you get to be a part of this you get to be part of the blessing of seeing jesus move and do something absolutely incredible that would not have happened if you had not been faithful and obedient jesus could could still have done it but there was something in it for you anytime that jesus calls you into service and let me just give you a clue here there's not a single person in this room that jesus has not called into service Anytime Jesus calls you into service, he doesn't need you. He doesn't need me. He could preach this sermon through this pot if he wanted. I think that'd be more exciting, wouldn't it? (laughs) Yeah, we're going to the pot church. The what? (laughs) He doesn't need you and me. He calls us to be servants. He calls us to partner with him because there's something in it for us. When you join Jesus in his work, it's not a labor, it's a blessing. It's like, wow, God, use me for that? I can't believe you would use me for that. Bring to me what you have is what he says. Bring to me what little ability you have. Bring to me what little time you have. Bring to me what little treasure you have. Bring to me whatever. And I will do something wonderful through it. I will do something so much bigger than you could ever imagine if you will trust me with it. This relationship with Jesus is a partnership. Like a marriage, the two become one. And then he performs his ministry through us. You know, you, you might be thinking to yourself that you have little or nothing to offer. What can I do in the kingdom of God? I don't have anything to offer. Bring your little or nothing to Jesus. Jesus. And he will do wonders through your little or nothing. And he'll use any little or nothing. <laughs> he'll even use cracked pots. <laughs> any cracked pots in here? <laughs> <laughs> you know, the elders and I were at this planning retreat this weekend. Planning, strategizing, more on that coming up in a few weeks. And um and we identified some key areas, lots of key areas, where where we can serve Jesus and do things. For instance, this church needs a, a media marketing person. Not me. <laughs> I mean we got something good going on here, don't we? Not a lot of people know about it we 're kind of stuck all the way out here on the end of the peninsula and uh, you know i 'm surprised that sometimes people in the neighborhood when i 'll mention the church there 's a church <laughs> it doesn't it's not it's like really <laughs> but we need a media marketing person someone that that 's got skills and abilities and and i 've got to believe that that if jesus brings that to our attention that this could help us grow the kingdom here at Lakeway, then Jesus has got that person here. Someone who's got the right abilities, the right kind of skills to do that. But it means they've got to offer up what little they have. And they're probably sitting there thinking, no, I couldn't do that. What what can I do? I, I got nothing. Some empty jars. Here's another one. We'd love to connect with our community. We had a thing that we did a few years ago where we worked with the city to go out and help people who were in code violation. The city was smart. There's somebody at the city that figured out, you know, we keep going to these people's, houses, their fences falling down. And it's a poor single old lady who doesn't have the finances to fix her fence or the ability to fix her fence. Well, you can keep giving her tickets, but you're not fixing the problem. And the city came up with an idea. We'll supply all that's needed to fix that fence. We just need somebody to go do it. And we partnered with them for a summer. We took our youth out and we had a great time. It was hot. Building fences and painting and and doing things. And, And, you know, we were talking about that's what the church does, isn't it? And I'd love to see us get involved in that again. But we need someone to coordinate that kind of stuff. And the guys that are doing everything or doing everything, (laughs) and I think there's an empty pot out there that could be filled up and filled to overflowing with God's blessing, but they're sitting back because they think, what do I have to offer? God, you know, I'd I'd like to help. I just, I'm I'm just not so, so sure. It's the head, the heart, the hands, and sometimes it's in the head. I'm sure there's somebody out there thinking right now, I wonder if, you know, is he talking to me? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> is he talking to me? Like, I, I, I'd like to do something, but I'm not sure. And I know there are some people out there right now that it's in the heart. It's gone from the head. They've been thinking for a while. And now it's in the heart. And there's something just saying, yeah, it's you. <laughs> yeah, it's you. It's time for you to stand up and say, here are my hands, Jesus could you use me? Could you use me, Jesus? And the scary part of that is you don't want to ask the question because you know the answer. Yes, I can use you. Come on, let me use you. Join him. Come see me. I'll point you in the right direction. See one of the elders, see one of the one of the first impressions team. I like the badge, the things, that the first. Have you seen the, the new things they're wearing? I can help. What is it? I know stuff. I like that. I know stuff. I've talked to some of them. They don't. <laughs> but it'll fool you into talking to them. And that's all that really matters. <laughs> We're not letting them do it again next week. Number four, last one. Share the blessing. Share the blessing. Tell others. You don't have to be the world's greatest evangelist. All you have to be is a witness for Jesus. And that means that you tell people about the good things that Jesus does in your life and other people's lives. I didn't ask Ray permission, but Ray called me over just now. or I went over and shook his hand. He was telling me about a friend of his, a partner, an English guy. Don't trust those guys. Who gave his life to Christ this week. Or last week. Uh, (laughs) And I don't know what role that Ray may have had in that, but obviously they've had conversations that the guy would tell him. You know, just to be a witness is just to, to, to be a witness. You don't have to bash somebody's door down. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. But when Jesus blesses you, turns your water into wine, tell someone. Tell someone. Something great happened. All right, last slide. Is that you? I don't know what I can do, but I need to do something. You might think you've got little or nothing to offer, and you might be right. You probably are. Just a bunch of empty vessels waiting to be used. But Jesus does wonders with little or nothing. Do you have empty water jars in your life? Jesus wants to fill those water jars. He wants to turn them into blessings for you. He wants you to be a light for him. And it can be the littlest thing. So I'm inviting you, if it's in the head, if it's in the heart, To come to Jesus and say, Here are my hands. I don't know what I got to offer Jesus. Would you use me? Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you that you used cracked pots and empty vessels. that you bless your followers when they are obedient to you. Father, I know sitting out here today, there are some, it's in the head. There are some that it's in the heart. Some have been struggling for a long time, just wondering and feeling guilty maybe. what, What am I supposed to be doing? Father, let your spirit just stir in them today, I pray. Fill them to overflowing with a desire and a passion to take it from the head to the heart to the hands and to offer up their hands to you and say, I don't know what I can do. I don't feel like I can do anything, Jesus, but I offer my hands to you. Would you please use me? And I'm going to encourage you right now to pray that prayer. Jesus, would you please use me? Amen. Good morning. I gave Kelly a little nudge and I said, see.